Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now... DeMar! Got it to Booth, saved it to White, over to Caruso! Hello and welcome back to C-Red UK. Well, quite simply, it's the Chicago Bulls thing. This podcast is part of the Fans at First Sports Network. So wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe, give us a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm pretty good, actually. Um, looking forward to tonight. Uh, we have a special guest coming on, which I'm sure you're going to tell everybody all about now. Yeah, we've got um, Bulls beat writer Julia Poe of the Chicago Tribune coming on for a chat. Been in the works for a couple of weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. Slight bit of rescheduling had to happen because of your hectic lifestyle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just for uh, reference, it's currently 11 o'clock at night here in the UK as we started recording and it's also on the back of a game so we've both been up since what half 12 last night was the tip on it against Hawks and yeah we're still going and then we've got a game tomorrow night yeah why not so who needs sleep who needs (laughs) so yeah obviously just quickly obviously Bulls got a if there is such a thing as a must-win game at this um, point of the season, it, they got it last night, didn't they? Yeah. Against the tenth seed uh, Atlanta Hawks, obviously Bulls been competitive in the the ninth seed. Didn't start particularly well, and they eventually got it done. Kobe mm-hmm. somehow found some energy from somewhere in the fourth to help get it done. But obviously the main the main man was Ayo. Throughout the game on it, yeah, it was incredible. 
you know, career high in points, matched his career high in threes from, mm-hmm. well, the game against Magic on Saturday. Um, yeah. Yeah, so obviously we've got a few questions about the, the sort of that young core as such for Julia, so we won't go into it too much. But yeah, it's um, getting ready for the All-Star break now. And I think everybody's just ready for a bit of a break, aren't they? I was included. Yeah, I, I'm definitely ready to get maybe a couple of nights sleep um, instead of having to <laughs> juggle everything. But uh, at the same time, it's a pity we don't have any representation from Chicago uh, at all at, at the uh, the All-Star break. Um, at least in the past, even if there wasn't somebody on the floor of the All-Star game itself, there was somebody either in the rookie a sophomore game or um, there'd be somebody in, in the skills challenge or the three-point contest. But to have absolutely nothing is is great for the players to get the rest, but um, it kind of takes the interest away uh, for us Bulls fans, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I will be watching. Um, I'm not going to get up at, I think, is it one o'clock or two o'clock? I can't remember now, uh, on Monday morning. Um, which I'm actually off work as well, so definitely not getting up. I'll take the take full advantage of having. I've got five days off after tomorrow, so I'll be taking full advantage of that with no balls. So yeah, you're not you're not any bit intrigued by the three point contest with Steph Curry and uh, Ionescu? Nope. No, no. Uh, I, I am. I am. I'm looking forward. To, I think that's a good twist to do something different and to to have the crossover between um, the NBA and the WNBA. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, it's good, but not enough for me to get up at whatever time. I'll just watch the replays of it because I'm sure they'll be all over Twitter and yeah, I'm sure the NBA app and stuff like that. Um, plus, I hit the three-point game. So, Yeah, in an actual game, <laughs> I can understand. I know you don't like the three-point game. But when it's an isolated, it's almost like a separate sport, isn't it? When it becomes a three-point contest and nothing else. It's, it's not spoiling anything because it is the game. No? Not selling no. it to you? No? Right, not at that, that time in the morning. No, no. So, anyway, yeah. So without further ado, I'll uh, throw it to the ad read. And when we come back, we will be joined by Julia. So our partners at USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK-based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for fans from everywhere. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So go check them out at usasports.co.uk and enter the code CREDUK at checkout to take advantage of the discount. So yeah, it's welcome back and it's a welcome into Julia Poe of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, thank you for joining us, Julia. How are you going? Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. Yes. Uh, great to have you on. Um, we've been really looking forward to this and, and having a chat about um, the current situation with the Chicago Bulls. Definitely. Yeah. So obviously the sort of big news recently is the standing pat at the, the trade deadline. Um, did you expect any moves at the trade deadline or um, sort of get any inkling we've been around the team that something was going to happen or? For sure. I, I We were well aware 
for kind of that week that some of those lower level moves were in play once the Levine injury happened. And I mean, even before that, it was just so clear that you weren't going to have that big max contract star moving at this deadline. So it became a lot more of kind of a retooling deadline for them rather than kind of a big swing. And so that obviously reshaped things about like five days before it, it looked like there were some moves, you know, kind of the the standard chatter that you hear with those Drummond, Caruso, DeRozan pieces. I think those are kind of always focal points and, and especially had been this year. But I think, I think this was a very clarifying deadline in a lot of ways, especially just for kind of how the front office sees trade deadlines in general and when they prefer to act, which appears to be in the summer. So I think, I think it was very interesting just for that reason in that it's not like they were just sitting there not picking up calls, not making calls, but at the end of the day, they did not feel that level of pressure of like, we have to go now just because it's the trade deadline. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling that we, we started to get as it became more and more apparent that Zach was less likely to get moved, you know, partly down to the right option, not being out there and also down to the fact that he was carrying the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think, I think a lot of fans were hoping for at least some sort of like a, a big swing, as you say, but uh, it, it just, it just wasn't happening. And, uh, you know, nothing ended up happening altogether. <laughs> so what was the, the general sort of vibe around the team in the, sort of maybe the last two, three days building up to the deadline. And then I guess after it, when obviously there was down in my, um, in Memphis for the shoot around and it becomes clear that nobody is getting moved. Does it, it kind of, the vibe change that, you know, is there a bit more, are they a bit more free, I guess is the word. For sure. I, I honestly think they were in such an interesting position this year where the guys that, the, th- the three names that I mentioned, Andre Drummond, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozo, DeRozan, that were in that conversation, they're all vets that are so used to their names being in trade conversations that I'm sure it bothers them in like a private way, but they're not a young guy that's getting their name floated for the first time where it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Behind the scenes, there's a lot going on. But in terms of like external factors, you know, DeMar's still DeMar, Drum's still Drum, Caruso is still Caruso. So I don't think that there was much of a difference. Maybe the only thing is just like, and this has been true this entire tenure with this team, they really like playing each other or playing with each other. They really like each other just in general. Mm. Um, You know, you see how DeMar is with these young guys, with Kobe, with Io, with Pat. Like, they're really bought in with each other. And I think that's why, you know, put aside some of the scruples of how night one went with the season, with having the players only meeting or whatever. But like, these guys like each other. They don't have a lot of like conflict in terms of that. That locker room stays pretty locked in with one another. So I think maybe the only lift is just being like, okay, cool. We get to, we get to keep going together. Like we, we like playing together. Um, I think the only thing that I would truly say in terms of like a negative vibe in the locker room is just, these guys are tired. They could use the trade deadline. They're not going to say it, but with the injuries, with the minutes rotation, with how much Kobe and Damar are being asked to do. I think that was the only thing I got in the last week. It's just like, these guys need, they need a breather. Uh, they need a couple of days off and they'll really va- uh, value that. But in terms of, in terms of the actual trades, I think most of that was staying pretty private, which is the best you can do. Uh, I think in, in mm. that situation. 
Yeah, um, Kobe is definitely looking gassed at the moment. He looks tired on the court even. Um, and he's number one in minutes in the NBA right now. So he's mm -hmm. definitely being pushed to, to the max. However, he's still been performing pretty well. I mean, Kobe's season has been pretty impressive. Um, Matt has always been very much in his corner. Um, I, I almost lost faith in Kobe White, and he has definitely been proving, proving me and many others wrong. He's been phenomenal this season. Definitely, definitely. I, th I think the thing that helps people really keep that faith in Kobe that are around him is when you see the work ethic. And we've been hearing that from his teammates since long before this breakout happened and from coaches and from execs. Like, this started two years ago. It started not last summer, but the so summer before that. And all through last season, you'd talk to guys and they'd be like, Kobe's got it coming. Like, it's it's coming just wait and i think um i think when someone's able to create that consistency with their work ethic rather than it just being a talent thing i think that's that's where a lot of that promise really shines through it's it's, it's a big leap this year but it came from a lot of prep work in, in past summers mm -hmm. yeah and we see a lot of that in dalen too actually dalen terry seems to have that that same sort of mentality that kobe had early on where it's not necessarily the talent that's shining through. It's more the the positivity and the work ethic, as you say. And like we, we've always said about Dale and Terry, you give him a minute and he'll make that minute count on the court. Um, he might make mistakes, but he, he doesn't let them bother him. He just keeps pushing forward, which is something we, we, we see in him and we like in him as well. Definitely. I, I think with Dale when he was picked and even now looking at that pick, I, my one quibble in general is just the idea of picking up multiple players that are going to be shooting projects where they're going to need like years with Peter Patton and that crew to kind of get their shot to the level that it needs to be at. And we see that with Daylon. I mean, he's not afraid to take it. God bless him. He, he will lock and load at any point in time, but he's got to work on that mechanic. He, he knows it. He's putting in the time and with where this team was at shooting wise when they drafted him and where it's been at in past seasons. I think that was my only thing where I'm just like, what are you doing in terms of construction and what's your timeline? If you, if you have time to be patient with that, great. Um, but we've seen so many of the other things that he can do well, really starting to translate. I like the way he follows shots to the rim. I like the way that he kind of is able to be that go guy and crash. Uh, and if he can get that shot profile up, I, I think that that's when that'll come around. I don't know if it'll get to Kobe levels, but no. just getting it serviceable to where he's a little bit more consistent and can draw that defense. Yeah, I mean, obviously you just spoke about players being tired and looking forward to the, the All-Star break. Um, obviously, the buyout market is now in full flow. Mm -hmm. Do you see Bulls making a move? I mean, obviously, it t tends to be where AK does make a mid-season move. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not to the, the sort of delights that Bulls fans would, would want, but... Um, Obviously, he did say on Saturday, was it before the Orlando game, Billy come out mm -hmm. and said that nothing's moving forward, however, management aren't opposed to it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, do you see that being an option for Bulls? And if so, what sort of player do you think they'd go for? Definitely. I, I think it's definitely an option. I think um, kind of important timing in this is that Patrick Williams uh, gets reevaluated this Wednesday. And I think um, the results of that reevaluation will be really important in that. If Pat's like good and can come back quickly, 
then maybe you kind of look at it and you're like, just in terms of the players that you need, uh, if he's going to be out longer and he's not been able, he's not been running, he's been completely off that foot over the last two weeks. If he, if his timeline looks a little bit longer, I think you have to go look for some length because that's the biggest issue where this team is at. Um, you know, just looking at the power forward position, already having to move Caruso into that. And then when Caruso comes out with injury, which you know is just guaranteed to happen with how he plays, mm-hmm. then you're stuck trying to work these rotations out with like Javon Carter filling in these minutes. And that's just putting that's putting the entire team at a size disadvantage where they really they're not flexible already. They're having to go with that too big look where you've got Vooch and Drum in there. Mm-hmm. And that's been working well, but just the flexibility, I think they would really benefit from being able to find maybe a lengthier wing, uh, someone to maybe help out with shooting a little bit. Problem is, is the players on the buyout market are often there for a reason. And so you have to be realistic about the way that you can actually retool and upgrade in that way. But it does feel like with injuries, especially like I said, if Patrick's out for too long, I do think you have to look at it. It's just like, we need, we need another body in here. Uh, we've got the roster spot. Let's just see what we can make work. Yeah, obviously we've got the the injuries already, as it is. Obviously with Zach and everything like that. Obviously Tory Craig's come back in the last week or so, and every time he steps on the floor, I mean we both love Tory anyway, mm-hmm. what he brings and everything like that. But he's kind of gone a little bit like Caruso, where you think every time he's stepping on the floor, you think oh, he's going to get hurt. And mm-hmm. obviously he was off his minutes restrictions last night uh, against uh, Hawks. And he played well. He did. He had the typical Caruso type stat line as well. Mm. But he hits the floor, and you're thinking, "Oh God, he's out!" And we can't afford to to lose him again, as well as Caruso constantly being on the IR. And so, like you say, it, we've said for a long time that the the roster construction just doesn't seem right, basically, and especially if you're going to go with that twin towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know. Neil's got a question about AK, which I'll let him throw in now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, before I move on to that, just a quick bit. Is Pat yeah. still in the boot? Um, you know what? I have not seen him in a second. So I don't want to. Um, I haven't seen him since before the Super Bowl. So on Saturday. So I don't know okay. most recently. Uh, I do know that the last time I talked to Billy, he was saying that like all he can really do is. Uh, he's on the stationary bike and he comes into the gym in the evening and he sits on a box and shoots. Okay. So that's like the level of not putting any impact on him that they're at right now. They're not even letting him like jump or stand for shooting. Right. So it's it's not exactly on the cusp of him coming back then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on there, then about the Arturis thing. Um, his presser that he did via Zoom after the the uh, trade deadline and nothing happening in the trade deadline did upset a lot of Bulls Nation and, and a lot of fan the fan base. Um, when he first came to Chicago, he promised uh, a departure from mediocrity. You know, it, it was what he said that they wouldn't, you know, accept in Chicago and in that market. Um, and now they're competing, and this competitiveness was the new word that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, for a, I suppose, a play-in position, possibly, maybe scraping up to playoff position number six, and which is, in a lot of people's eyes, the definition of mediocrity in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's kind of 
lost sight of his initial plan and what he was trying to set out to achieve or has he just become content and hanging his hat on mediocrity now it's a good it's a good question um i'll start with the play in tournament just in general and that i think that's such a tough thing because like i don't know i i talk about hope a lot being too much of a driving factor in the way that just people structure teams the way that fans ask for teams to be structured Hmm. um and i think the play-in tournament is like a really uh key example of that where you have teams like miami that can somehow will their way out of the play-in tournament and you know make it all the way to the finals and you look at something like that and you go well then yeah being in the play-in tournament is competitive because we could do that um Mm -hmm. and i think I love the play in tournament as like a person who enjoys uh, watching basketball. And I think the games are really competitive, had a blast covering it last year. But I think for a team in the Bulls situation, it can be a little bit of like a rock and a hard place where you, you look at it and you're like, well, this is technically competitiveness, but if we go multiple years in a row and all we're doing is winning one play in game and then losing the next, and then we're on you know vacation by mid April, what exactly is the growth here? Um, so to answer your the with, with that in mind, to answer your Arturo's question, I think yes, the original vision has been lost sight of in a lot of ways just because it blew up. Like mm. the original vision that he put together, and I, I'm not like stumping for it, but it just it it did work until one of the key pieces stopped his body stopped working. Um, right, and then from from there, everything that's happened with Levine and just kind of the way that um the way that that roster has kind of maybe lost its central access a bit from there uh that original project like yeah they've lost that vision because that vision's not coming back even if lonzo does make a full recovery next season like the levine situation is in such a different place uh derozan is a few years older like it's just the the moment was there and was lost and i know people don't like lingering on that and I think from there, it does feel like they've just stalled out a little bit in terms of like, they're not bad. Like it feels bad because they're right under 500 and they're not up where people would like them to be, but they're not like, they're not Charlotte. They're not, you know, they're not in the like gutter. They're just kind of chilling on the sidelines, kind of being part of the conversation, but not really actually getting in the mix with anything. And I think there is that like not not quite a fear but it's just that's where they're getting stalled out is not wanting to take a risk and in doing so they're putting themselves in a position where they could end up getting down into that gutter in a few years if they can't get things going in in any kind of direction and now you're now you're stuck where you've got Levine's contract and Lonzo's contract and it's just like they keep miring themselves in situations from a little bit of a slowness and that's coming from someone who i've never been in these conversations in terms of a front office executive i don't know how hard it is to be nimble but it does feel like there's just a little bit of that lack of nimbleness of being able to like click in that moment and be like we got to go we got to move off this we we have to get out of here so Mm. i i don't think it's like an acceptance of mediocrity i think it's like they are stalling out and kind of again they were ready to move zach and then he has the worst season of his career due to injury um, and you're stuck. So yeah, they're just, I, th- I think they're just kind of stalling out.
yeah, I mean, we've seen obviously the the rise of Kobe and Ayo in particular from this sort of young core. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that has maybe had a, an effect on what sort of direction AK is trying to take things in? Because Kobe's kind of stepped up for Lonzo in a way and mm-hmm. filled that void. And if we'd have seen Zach, obviously more than we have seen him, mm-hmm. that's kind of the vision that AK, AK had initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it kind of feels like he is picking that direction now of trusting this young core a lot more. Obviously, mm-hmm. now he needs to come down to the players themselves to earn Billy's trust, I guess, to, to get the minutes on the court as well, in mm-hmm. terms of Dalen and Julian Phillips in particular. Obviously, P. Will's just a complete... <laughs> I know Neil's a big P. Will fan. I'm still sort of on the fence with him. And I guess we've got that lingering over us with his extension as well. And mm-hmm. it just feels like he's trying to fit this young core in, but keep Damar and Caruso and Vooch around in particular. Sure. You know, and it just kind of feels like their rise has maybe changed his mind slightly about what direction he wanted to go in. I don't know how much it's changed his mind but i i do think it's helping to focus the front office a little bit more like i don't i don't think they're in a position right now from any conversation i've had where they're like oh we're all in let's just build around kobe let's go which i think is like a very level-headed response to have to like a breakout season you don't want to you don't want to see that happen they got real lucky with the timing of his extension like perfect sometimes you just get lucky uh and so i think they know like obviously let's empower Kobe let's put him in good positions but we're not just going to like all of a sudden refocus to a guy that's just doing this right now um I I think most of what's kind of focusing again the sense that we got this week is that trade deadline was not the priority period for them the summer is and when you look at some of those contracts like DeMar like Patrick that kind of makes sense where it's like okay let's figure out those two pieces and then let's move from there based off of whether both of those guys are staying or one's going one's staying etc um so i think that i think that kobe being what he's become like that makes you feel better about not having if lonzo's not able to come back which is something they'll get more clarity over this summer as well again it's just there's a lot of clarity that's going to come from these contracts from these injury decisions etc this summer and i think that having a young, incredibly promising, incredibly bought in player who's also your star playmaker at the center, like focusing those decisions. I think it's helping, but I don't think it's like, I don't think him having this year is making them just grab the reins and be like, okay, let's pull over here and go this way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does feel like the need to keep Damar around for a little bit longer just to to make sure it is Kobe's team as mm-hmm. such moving forward. And I mean, like Neil said before, I'm a massive Kobe fan. I've been, you know, from the start. But I did say on our last pod as well that the, the, the way Bulls Nation on Twitter and that are building him up, it's mm-hmm. he's not really done anything spectacular NBA-wide. Do you know what I mean? He's still... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like he's had that one 
breakout game yet that everyone's mm. looking at him and going, wow, you know, this this is here, he's arrived properly. You know, right. he's just, you know, he has put himself up there. He has put balls up there, you know, because without him this season, it'd have been just, mm. or it feels like it would have been a, an absolute nightmare. Um, Obviously, the likes of Julian Phillips and Dale and Terry, they were pretty much out of the rotation at the start of the year and we've had to go through this next man up sort of uh, sort of regime, basically. Do you think that them two, well, more so do with Dale and he's kind of worked his way into the rotations a bit more now um, and it's something, you know, because at the start of the year, Bulls Nation wanted him gone. They wanted him mm-hmm. in China, you know, not even in the G League. Yet last night, you know, he's now coming a bit of a highlight reel in terms of how Bulls are promoting him. And it kind of feels like he's earned his spot in the rotation now. But do you think it's it's sustainable with Dalen? I think um, it's kind of what I said earlier, where I think, I, I think progression, like even to the Kobe thing that you were saying, it, it's not breakout moments. It's like having... 20 games in a row where you're consistently doing the same thing and because Kobe I mean even his rookie year you'd know uh, as as a longtime fan of his like he would have those breakout like oh look at this guy shooting moments and then he'd just disappear the next month and I think that's his progression this year right same thing with Dalen I think this has been a good step up for him it came out of necessity but that's not a bad thing that's how that's how young players kind of get their reps um I think like I said before, the shot is something that needs to keep progressing. I think it has, uh, but mm-hmm. it just needs to, it just needs to keep going. So um, especially if Patrick is out any amount of time, Dalen continuing to get those minutes, him continuing to show himself as a defender, as a guy that can crash the boards, get those offensive rebounds up, get, get those second chance points up. If he can just keep consistently doing that in this stretch post all-star weekend which is going to be so critical for them going into the playoffs of kind of you know all of that that positioning um and then put in a really good summer then next season i think you look at that like next step up of like okay can this guy start really cracking the regular rotation but it's just he's he came in so young he had Mm -hmm. so many things that they were very open about i mean on his draft night they were like this guy's shot needs work and they've been working on it i just think it will take that consistent progression. But yeah, I think he's putting the work in and I think we're seeing that slow progression. And the thing I like about him is that court vision of when the ball goes up, he knows where to go. He gets there. He has absolutely no hesitation or fear and he's going to put a body on someone. And I think think that's why fans love those highlights of him because he's just, it's kind of the antithesis of what some of the frustrations with Patrick Williams were, where it's like, Dalen's just going to go through someone and he does not care. And sometimes I wish he did because I worry that he's going to hurt himself, but you know, he, he gets it done. So I think, I think it's all promising from him. I felt the same way about Julian. He's also incredibly young. Um, and I think the, the work ethic on both of them, you just kind of, you see it when you're around them on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and it's quite exciting that the, some of those younger players now are beginning to show progression especially when they are, like you say, the likes of Julian Phillips and, and Dale and Terry that can provide those kind of highlight reels and, and get the, the juices flowing uh, mm-hmm. uh, amongst the rest of the players and the fans. Um, I mean, they're both very exciting to watch in, in transition. Um, 
their transition offense is is very exciting to see. And you know, even on defense, that that double handed block that we got from Julian Phillips was fantastic. Yeah. Um, how much do you think can we credit Peter Patton and and his team? that they've come in now and they're working with these younger guys and you can see progression in their shots. You can see the way that they're playing has improved immensely. And that, and that's something we didn't see as much in the past in, in Chicago in regards mm-hmm. to the developing of these younger players. Um, I, I think it seems to have elevated and even expedited since the introduction of Peter Patton and, and his team. Definitely. I, I think this is like an important, I, I know how frustrated fans are with the front office and I don't think I think most of the frustrations that we've heard in the last few weeks especially very fair I do think this is one of the like just pure wins for the mm. this front office is the way that they have focused on player development even having a coach like Billy Donovan be at the head of your program who really cares about developing young players and is obviously very good at it um, I think that priority has been helpful and will continue to be helpful in supporting the kind of growth that like if Bulls fans are committed to the idea of wanting a rebuild at any time you have to be ready to have some really raw guys come in and look like goofy sometimes on the court and put like like fans have to put in the hours too with that until those guys develop up to the level where they're competitive and can have that that moment and I think what Patton has been doing, what Donovan's been doing, I, I think just kind of that buy-in. And they, they've got a lot. Um, Will Gottlieb of CHGO did a really nice piece about um, some of the the systems that Patton uses to bring, like, data and analysis into um, the, the way that, uh, you know, they're approaching their shots. And you can, you can see that that is allowing that to be a little bit more mindless when someone like Dalen or someone like Julian is – loading their shot up and you even see him working when Lonzo's in Chicago Peter Patton's out there going around doing reps working on Lonzo's shot with him so I I think that's really important for just kind of everyone in that program to get better and it's obviously a little bit overdue but it's good that they're investing to the level that they are in kind of that that arm of the franchise um speaking on Billy uh actually sorry Matt um do you do you think sometimes his reluctance to uh, go past his nine or 10 man rotation, does that not allow the likes of say the two way players like Bitim and Sonogo to get much of a chance? Should we be, should he be looking mm-hmm. at developing those? Do you think as well? I think th- those guys do get a decent amount. I mean, not, not at this particular moment with the injury situation, but they have been getting a decent amount of reps in the G league where I'm not like, overly concerned i where i get more concerned is when someone like dalen goes through a season like he did last year where he wasn't playing for either team that that's you know that that's not quite disaster territory but that's not ideal for any rookie to go through i think both of those guys um they got enough time in g league and i i think i don't want this to sound too harsh but sometimes you have to just be like we've got this many NBA guys. And then we've got a couple G league guys that maybe can make the jump. And if you're going to win games, you got to just keep the NBA guys on the court. And I think, um, I don't think that, that Billy is wrong to go for that. I do think that there are limitations to playing 
a seven or eight man rotation. Obviously, I've even talked about how tired some of these guys look, but you also see it with like Javon Carter. Nice game last night, but there are there are teams that Javon really struggles against because if they're long mm. on the on the perimeter, there's just very little that he can really do to overcome the fact that that hand is always going to get up over his shot. So I would go back and forth on it, but I think and Billy has like come out of games and been like, I regret the way I handled my rotations tonight. I didn't do what I wanted to, but I think for the most part, when he's in those positions, I think he's going with, I just need the best guys on the court and I have to trust that they're going to be able to empty the tank. Um, and especially when you've got the all-star weekend, you know, mm. right. It's right there. Like they're almost to it. I, I think he just kind of knows you just empty the tank and hope that guys can reload this weekend. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we're very conscious of the time. We know you're in Cleveland at the minute, uh, ready for the last game before the All-Star break. Um, just, I had one last question. Um, obviously, you, you're you in the locker room. You, you put the videos out of um, when you, you're asking the question or someone else asks questions. Is there a... I mean, you don't have to name names in, in, as such. We asked Casey Johnson the same when we had him on. Is there a player you... you particularly look forward to talking to whether the, the mood's good or the mood's bad as in the content they're going to give you um i mean casey didn't give us an answer he, he was professional um <laughs> i'm, so, I'm surprised know, so. casey didn't give, give you an answer i mean i i think this one's pretty easy demar Derozan uh has metaphors ready for us like at any time to the point where he gets really proud when he thinks of them and sometimes you'll ask him a question and he'll go to answer it like super, super normally. And then he'll stop and he'll look up at you and he'll be like, wait, hold on. I've got one. And then he'll hit you with like, I don't know, a boxing metaphor or something like that. And then when he gets to the end of it, he'll look at you and be like, that was good, wasn't it? And it just <laughs> just kills you, you know? So no, I I mean, we're pretty lucky. We talked about this on the beat. Good, good group of athletes to work with um they're very gracious with their time they do a, a good job post game but uh damar you know he's out here making jokes about how the bulls are like his spouse and he's you know gotta figure out how to make the love work he's just he's just hitting that um uh pretty much every night so it's, it's nice to have someone who's both that thoughtful and that consistently willing to crack jokes um uh, in, in that space it's, it's a good time Brilliant. Well, listen, Julia, we thank you so much for your time. We've really nice. appreciated it. We're conscious of the fact that, that, you know, you're limited to what you can give us. And we appreciate every minute that you have given to us. Big congratulations to your Chiefs, by the way. <laughs> thank it's you very much. the hat. Oh, yeah. Good weekend oh, yeah. for you. Great weekend. <laughs> the best. Um, so before we let you go uh, off to, to celebrate or relax or whatever it is you've got to run off and do, um, tell everybody out there where they can find you and where they can see your uh, your work. Definitely. So I write for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, you can follow my work on Twitter at by Julia Poe. I'm also over on TikTok and Instagram as well at the same handle. So, yeah. Fantastic. Listen, yeah. everybody, go check her out. She does some fantastic work. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. Yep. Of course. So yeah, welcome back. And obviously, massive thanks to Julia for 
for giving us the time. Obviously, she is in Cleveland getting ready for tomorrow night's game. I mean, who wants to go to Cleveland? I'd probably yeah, prefer well, to be there at the minute, but, you know, especially <laughs> for <laughs> so, um Yeah, like I say, massive thanks to her and um, go check her out on, if you don't already, you know, she yeah. just put up them good videos, mm -hmm. player interviews and stuff like that. So always worth a good good watch. Yeah, definitely. And and so good of her to, to give us a bit of her time, which we know is precious and, and to give us the inside scoop and, and be able to talk about a few, uh, a few different things and and get clarity i suppose on a couple of the bits that we talked about too yeah and it's like we say with a lot of our guests we could have probably spoke a lot longer um oh yeah but obviously in terms of julia and like when we had casey johnson on we are conscious of the time and unfortunately don't get to ask the the, the amount of questions we'd like to but like we always say they're all welcome back on absolutely definitely so as I just said, she is currently in Cleveland uh, ahead of Bulls' last game before the All-Star break tomorrow night against Cleveland. Um, the hottest team in the NBA at the minute. Well, they just full... lost the game, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, were, they were at something like eight or nine games in a row. Yeah, they lost to Sixers, was it, last night by a couple of points, I think, didn't they? They're back to full strength, and we saw what they did to us when they were nowhere near full strength. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and obviously, Bulls are nowhere near full strength at the minute either. So, mm -hmm. what's your uh, your prediction for it? I'm going to surprise you and say I'm going to go for a win. Well, and I'll tell you why because they had such a big winning streak. They got knocked off the win streak last night, and I think that they could quite potentially drop the balls on a couple of games now. Yeah, see, so I'm going to go the opposite and say that that winning or losing the winning streak hurts them, and they'll want to go into the All Star break with a bit of a, a bit of a bang as such, and. Well, at the minute, they love beating Bulls, don't they? Because it's six in a row we've lost to them, something like that. Yeah, let's see. Would you win? Would you win? Yeah, that number seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm saying a loss. Uh, obviously, that will take us into the All-Star break. Um, I'm not interested in the All-Star game, as I said at the start. I'm just going to use it as a break, because then... We don't play until I think it's next Friday for us, isn't it? Something um, like an eight-day break or something, isn't it? Yeah, can't wait. Like uh, obviously, we will be back. I'd imagine before Bulls are back after mm -hmm. Cleveland. Obviously, they've got Celtics coming out of the break. Which why not? You know, why not face the team that was in form and then face the best team in the league? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Hopefully, you know, they might get have out of the way, and then we can go on a, a, a big uh, win streak after that. Get it moved. Exactly. I mean, you never know. We may have some new players from the buyout. Maybe potentially. Not Kyle Lowry. At least, at know. least it won't be Kyle Lowry. <laughs> exactly. But will AK finally get his man in Danilo Gallinari? Possibly. Because we know yeah. he likes to get his man. Doesn't matter whether they've been out injured for three years. He will go get 
Now, now. <laughs> because we have to remain competitive. Well, look, last night's game was fairly competitive. Let's let's just let's just take it one game at a time. Yeah, and see well, how it goes. We've, we had a competitive loss, and now we've had a competitive win. There you go. There so you we go. are competitive. <laughs> competitive. It's 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 all relative, right? I exactly. mean, you could say competitive in the league, perhaps not, but competitive game by game. Yeah, okay, maybe that will work. Possibly. So yeah, um, like I say, that's it. Uh, once again, thanks to Julia for joining us. And I say we probably will be back at some point next week. Um, don't know what we'll talk about because there will be a Bulls game or whatever. But we'll find something because we always do. You know, yeah, exactly. We've not gone anywhere. So yeah, um, as always, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt C Red UK, and you can find us on all the socials at C Red UK. And I'll be there on Twitter at Neil C. Red UK. Uh, on behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Once again, thank you to Julia Poe for joining us. It really was a pleasure. And from both of us, do remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever in the world that you are. Until next time, see Red people, go Bulls. <laughs>